0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
1: See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. Still good, and he's in for the touchdown! Hill immediately when he got the
2: handoff. You know that's the QA. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you.
3: From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason, you can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1, and it's time to talk about the last minute buzz surrounding the NFL draft, and there is a lot of it as we get ready for the draft tomorrow. We're going to be doing a huge virtual party with U-Stadium, so we're going to talk about that a little bit later on, but of course, to talk about all of this, we bring in our friend co-founder over at U-Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano. Nick,
4: what's going on, buddy? Not too much, man. Just uh, kind of putting the final touches on like our last mock draft of the year and um, definitely not going to be sad to see the mock drafts go. So (laughs) excited that it's finally here. But, uh, you know, anxious for, I guess, you know, not as much too, but 23 and 34, you know, where you're really kind of turning your focus to.
3: As much as it's always fun to play with those draft simulators, I'm with you. I'm done with it, and I'm ready for the draft to actually happen now. So let's talk about what you're hearing with the Jets. We know where they're going at number two. It's quarterback, and unless something crazy happens, it's going to be Zach Wilson from BYU. But beyond that, 23, 34, and beyond, sounds like there are a couple of players that they're really focusing on especially on the offensive line and especially on the offensive side of the ball, which does make sense because if you're drafting a quarterback at number two, you want to make sure you put him in the optimal position to succeed. You don't want to repeat the mistake that you made with Sam Darnold. So tell me a little bit about what you're hearing, not just at 23, not just at 34, but with the overall draft philosophy with the jets.
4: Yeah. I think like, you know, fans and, and, you know, bloggers, podcasters, like, super fans let's call them they do such a good job of like identifying and kind of like reading the tea leaves on on where the Jets are going to go that you know nothing they do is kind of going to surprise us right unless they go out and they take like I don't know ETN at 23 which (laughs) would be a surprise but I wouldn't not that I'm saying they're going to take him at 23 but even if they did you know, I wouldn't be shocked because there's a lot of rumors about ETN really rising up and, you know, being the first running back taken. And, and the Jets are really all over the running back market. I mean, from, you know, the ETNs and Najee Harris's all the way to uh, Khalil Herbert's in the fifth round or, you know, that day three at some point. So, um, but, you know, fans do such a good job of, of kind of, again, reading what's going on and identifying where the Jets' weaknesses are. And um, there's plenty of them but If it goes O-line, corner, receiver, or O-line, edge, receiver, um, then running back, I don't think anybody will really be surprised, Um, but I think they definitely are leaning offensive line at 23, in or around 23, if they have to move up a few spots to get someone like a Tevin Jenkins, if they sit there and cross their fingers that he falls, um, or you know, move back a few picks and maybe get an interior alignment like a Creed Humphrey. So I think that's really where the thought is. um But you know, it depends on like you know we we spoke about in the pre you know before we recorded. Does a does a corner fall? You know, the latest I'm hearing with Caleb Farley is most teams expect him to fall into the second round in day two. You know, the medicals are an issue and. Um, teams aren't willing to take that risk in such a strange year you know they'll probably trend towards taking the healthier player that they saw on tape last year instead of a guy with an injury question like Caleb Farley so if he falls he's there at 23 and the Jets pass on him you know do they maybe say all right we don't feel as bad of taking a swing here at 34 and do they get Farley because he's the best player there or is he off the board completely because of his injury so it's a you know he's going to be an interesting player to watch and see what other teams do. And um, you know you could have a team like you know at the bottom of the first round uh, in in the market for a cornerback, like let's say uh, the Saints or the Packers, who get a guy who would probably be top ten pick if he was healthy. And do they just say, hey, we're going to take him and kind of redshirt him, or you know maybe play him in the second half of the year of the playoffs, just let him heal up completely? Um, so he's somebody interesting to watch, but. You know, it's the guys that we've really spoke about that you'll continue to, you know, look for the Tevin Jenkins, the uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, which I, I think will be off the board before the Jets pick at 23. Um, you know, but if he starts to fall towards 18, 19, do they move up to get him? So I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they won't pick at 23 and 34. I think they'll be, a move up or down from either one of those picks. Again, not really going out on a huge limb, um, but <clears throat> I could totally see that happening. Um, and then in the third round, it's probably going to be your skill position. You know, they take a running back or uh, a receiver. I would say a receiver then play at 34 based on, you know, some of the things that I've heard, whether it's one of the mores that they like, you know, Elijah or Rondell, uh, Kadarius, Tony, um, depending on, you know, how they have the board with his character some of the character issues that people are in my opinion making a bigger deal of with him than um than they should uh but you know i think they'll they'll come away with probably two offensive linemen a corner a receiver and a quarter uh and a obviously the quarterback but uh a running back within the top uh what do they have five picks in the first three rounds so i wouldn't i would be surprised if there's anything else other than than that i, I don't know you know, I know a lot of people are connecting them with edge players, but I think they have a more of a value on the offensive alignment and skill position players than, than they do on uh, the edge players.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. at LuckyLandslots.com Available to players in the U.S. Excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law.
1: 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
0: Let's go around the horn a little
3: bit, Nick, and talk about what we've been hearing. San Francisco 49ers. Boy, has that gotten interesting. We've heard at different times that it was going to be Mac Jones, then Lance, then Fields. Now we're back to Mac Jones. Mac Jones, the heavy betting favorite to be the number three overall pick. I really want that to happen because... I am somebody who really enjoys the LOLs and the chaos. So (laughs) having all these people on Twitter and on television calling Kyle Shanahan an idiot is going to be really, really funny to me. The Falcons... I'm hearing that if they don't move out of that number four spot and that it would take a lot for them to get out of that spot, but if they don't move out of there, it's going to be pits. It sounds like Jamar Chase is probably going to be the pick at number five over Penny Sewell. Everybody seemed to have had Penny Sewell penciled in there for a really long time, but in the end, it appears, from what I'm hearing, that the Bengals are leaning towards reuniting Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. And then you get to the Dolphins. And, Nick, this is going to be interesting because they traded down and then they traded back up. And if they don't get Jamar Chase, who is the guy that everybody assumed they traded back up for, do they go with a receiver Or do they regret the fact that they even traded back up? Maybe they should have just stayed at 12 if they traded down. Or if they really wanted Pitts or Chase, they should have stayed at number three in the first place. So, what are you hearing about some of these? We'll go through a bunch of the rest of the teams and some stuff that we're hearing last minute. But what are you hearing about those teams within the top six?
4: Yeah, it's funny. Like You hear, to start with the Niners, you hear the Mac Jones rumors loud and clear. Um when they first made the trade personally without reaching out to anybody, I thought it was for Trey Lance. Um, Then you hear all the Mac Jones and you can't help but buy it. Then you start to reach out to people and they're convinced it's Trey Lance. So as we stand right now, you know, just uh, let's say hours before the draft at this point, right? I think we're close enough that we can say that. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally think it's going to be Trey Lance. Uh, I would not be shocked if it's Mac Jones, Um, you know, and then where does Mac Jones end up? So it's, it's crazy. I mean, the Steiner's pick has been basically run through the mill for over a month now since the trade-up. Um, I, if I were a betting man, I would go Trey Lance. Um, then that takes you to Atlanta. And, and yeah, I'm hearing similar. Like, it, it, they would probably like to trade out and get a haul. Um, is someone going to offer that, like a Denver? Or, you know, I don't think they want to move so far out to New England at 15. Washington at 19, Chicago at 20. I don't think they want to do that. So that makes you know Denver possibly an option at nine to move up, Um, possibly. But you know it's going to take a lot to to get up there. So at the end of the day, I would probably again, if I were a betting man, I would bet uh, Kyle Pitts lands at four. And I've heard the same thing where I expected Penesool to be the pick forever. You know, I thought that was like. Probably besides for Lawrence going one, the most sure thing of the draft, it just makes so much sense to to grab a, a guy like Sewell five. But from what I hear, they are leaning towards Jamar Chase and reuniting Burrow and Chase with the LSU connection. And then I wouldn't be shocked if Joe Brady's their head coach next year, but that's for next year's conversation. Um, so it's, you know, then then you have Miami in their. You know, everybody's been praising, you know, Chris Greer and and Brian Flores and and what the Dolphins have done to accumulate so many picks, but maybe they did misread the room here and maybe they did make one too many moves with this, uh, you know, this this trade to move out of the top five in this draft and and not land Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. Because I spoke with, you know, let's say I spoke with 10 Dolphins fans. Eight of them said that they would be pissed if they don't end up with Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase, you know, a – Kane Sewell or a Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle would be basically like a consolation prize. You know, they, they had their eyes set on these elite players in the draft because, you know, we all like Devonta and we all like Waddle, but let's be honest, they're a step behind, they're a step below Jamar Chase. You know, they, they just are, he's, he's the crown jewel at receiver and Kyle Pitts is probably the crown jewel of anybody not named Trevor Lawrence. So, Uh, you know, you have to think that maybe they did overplay their hand here and made one too many moves with this trade back. And, you know, they might be left out of landing these, you know, the top two guys. And then maybe they do trade back again, you know, with Denver. Let's say they move from nine to six. That'll cost a lot less than going from nine to four. Um, And they are still in the the game for uh, Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle there. Um, and they come up and get <clears throat> Denver comes up and gets Justin Fields or Mac Jones, whoever is their cup of tea there. Um, so, so many different possibilities, you know, making these mock drafts are like impossible at this point, especially if you don't do trades. Um, and then, you know, I tweeted it out earlier. It's like, we're at the point of this draft where almost everything you hear right now is garbage. You know, you can mm-hmm. toss it out the window. It's teams trying to make the last play you know, to to kind of sucker another team into doing something or it's the media just trying to generate more hype around, you know, the draft and their brand or whatnot. So, I mean, you hear so many different things and so many different rumors on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that you're probably better off and, you know, I probably shouldn't say this being in in the business, you know, same with (laughs) you, Scott, is you're probably better off turning off your phone these you know last few hours and just waiting until eight o'clock on Thursday night. But, um, it's a crazy time. It's always fun to follow it, but I feel like a lot of the times it's like a lot more uh you know, smoke than fire. I would
3: say at least turn your phone on at seven o'clock when we start our draft show over at U Stadium. Before well that, if you want, you can have yeah. the phone off. <laughs> But I would say that there's a lot of intrigue going on around a lot of the picks that you just talked about, including Denver, because do they end up with a quarterback after there was all this talk throughout the offseason that they wanted to make a move, they didn't get Darnold, they weren't able to get Stafford? Do they luck into somebody like Justin Fields? Maybe they move up a couple of spots and get him, or Mac Jones or Trey Lance, depends on who the pick is at number three, and then that'll set a bunch of things in motion. And then you take a look At teams like the Cowboys and Giants, the Giants, you would assume, are going to take somebody on the offensive side of the ball because they really want to help Daniel Jones. But will one of the elite wide receivers make it to them at number 11? I'm not so sure. It's possible, but I wouldn't bank on it. With the Cowboys, we know that Jerry Jones supposedly loves Kyle Pitts, but the problem is he's not going to be able to get him unless they make some sort of big move up the board. This sort of reminds me mm-hmm. a little bit, Nick, of what happened when they passed on Johnny Manziel and took Zach Martin. It was Jerry Jones who apparently really wanted Johnny Manziel, and everybody else was like, no, 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 no Zach Martin. And obviously they made the right call there. So perhaps Jerry Jones wants to make some sort of big move up for Kyle Pitts, and the other people are going to say, eh, Our defense stinks. We need to get somebody like Patrick Sertain. Or J.C. Horn That makes a lot more sense to me So what are you hearing here with the Giants The Cowboys, the Broncos Do you think there are some moves that could be in the works?
4: Yeah, I, I personally I said it last week on the timeout with U Stadium My prediction, bold prediction For the draft was a Miami-Denver trade um, Denver comes up And takes one of the quarterbacks Available there uh, Miami comes you know, moves back to nine And they end up with one of the Bama receivers um dallas is not trading up that's just all jerry jones is bored he's upset nobody's talking about his cowboys and he just wants to get back into the spotlight (laughs) they're going to take the best defensive player there my thought is patrick satane um then you have the giants who are in an interesting spot i know of the few players that they think very highly of the two alabama receivers uh elijah vera tucker and both corners uh jc horn and Uh, Patrick Sertain. I would be surprised if uh, J.C. Horn makes it past the Giants pick at, uh, what are they, 11 or 12? Um, 11, I think, and the Eagles are 12. Uh, So I would be surprised if if the Giants don't take Horn if he's on the board there. Um, Because, you know, you think Devonta goes before there. You think Waddle ends up before there. Um, Then that kind of puts Vera Tucker and Sertain goes to Dallas and then, Um, And the Eagles are in an interesting position, too. So um, I don't think Dallas has any chance Dallas trades up. Um, Like you said, they probably just told Jerry, yeah, he can go have some fun in front of the cameras. But when push comes to shove, you know, push comes to shove, the the guys behind the scenes are making the picks led by his son, uh, Stephen Jones. And um, ever since they've kind of, I guess, handed the baton to him and the scouting department there, uh, Dallas has been one of the better drafting teams. Um, so Jerry can have his fun, but they're not they're not trading up for Kyle Pitts. I mean, I would say maybe maybe um, you know if if a team like Arizona they make a huge trade up, but I just think it to, to, to trade all the way up that what it that it would take to get you know a tight end, albeit Kyle Pitts is super uh, super interesting player. I don't think anybody's going to make a trade up for a tight end.
3: I have heard that Cliff Kingsbury loves Pitts and is willing yeah. to give up a lot to go and get him. So I wouldn't say it's impossible, but yeah, it would take a ton to get Kyle Pitts going from 16 most likely to number four. However, Cliff Kingsbury's job may very well be on the line, so he may be feeling mm-hmm. that pressure to get a superstar To give to Kyler Murray, so we'll see how that shakes out. He is somebody that likes to make big, bold, aggressive moves. I mean, look at what he did with Kyler Murray right off the bat, taking him one year after the Cardinals used the number 10 overall pick on Josh Rosen. So I wouldn't rule out anything with Kingsbury, although Nick, as I joked with you before we started recording, this is the kind of thing that got him fired at Texas Tech because all he did was pay (laughs) attention to the offense. The defense couldn't stop anybody, and so they never won any games. He is definitely a coach, and the Cardinals are definitely an organization that I would keep my eye on, though, on draft night. I'm hearing a lot of buzz about the Pittsburgh Steelers getting Najee Harris, which, if you think about it, makes a lot of sense because they have a lot of really good pieces on that offense. The defense is really strong. Roethlisberger is the weak link They're not going to be able to replace him this year Unless Dwayne Haskins magically Becomes a really good quarterback So if you get Najee Harris And plug him in there and he can be that guy That touches the ball 30 times Makes Ben's life a lot easier Makes it so he doesn't have to do as much you could be looking at a team that could contend for a Super Bowl, make a deep playoff run. I know that a running back is a luxury usually, but at number 24 for a team that is as well-stocked as the Steelers, I think it would make a lot of sense.
4: Yeah, I think so too, but I would be I would be weary of Travis Etienne here because the latest buzz, and, and we tweeted it out earlier uh, on Tuesday, was a lot of teams expect him to be the first running back taken and they think it'll be in the early to mid twenties, which could mean before the Jets pick, which could mean that the Jets pick, or it could mean here with Pittsburgh. So, um, Etienne has kind of made a, <laughs> I guess, a late run uh, up a lot of teams boards when they kind of take a step back and say, all right, well, this guy kind of trends more to where the running back position is going right now. Better. They feel he's a better pass catcher, even though, Najee Harris had, I think, double-digit passing, uh, receiving touchdowns last year. But um, there are a lot of you – know, Travis Etienne has a lot of fans in the league, so I wouldn't be surprised if Etienne is the first running back taken. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like you know, I spoke with a, a few Steeler fans, and they are all kind of trending toward the running back, which is interesting because you, you know, everything now you hear is don't take running backs in the first round, right? Um, but yeah, I think a lot of Steelers fans feel that the Steelers are at their best when they can run the ball really effectively. And, you know, ever since Le'Veon Bell left, they haven't been able to do that at all. You know, Connor really never kind of was able to replicate that one year that he had. And um, Pittsburgh's rushing offense has basically been one of the worst. So, you know, I think they feel that they need to uh, bring in a really talented back, but it's just I don't know, are the Steelers really gonna draft a running back in the first round? I have a hard time seeing it, but that's where a lot of people are leading, you know, towards right now. So um I guess I shouldn't be surprised if they do end up getting uh Etienne or Harris.
3: Nick, I want to talk about the Eagles. We brushed upon them earlier for a minute. But I think what's probably going to happen here is they're going to look to take the best corner or the best receiver available. If one of the three top receivers mm-hmm. falls to them at 12, they'll do that. If one of the corners, whether it's certain or Horn, falls to them, they'll do that. But I also wouldn't be surprised... If they wind up taking Newsome at number 12, I know a lot of people think that he could slide to the Jets, but you see this every year. Guys go a little bit higher or a little bit lower than you're expecting. I wouldn't be shocked in the least if he ends up being the 12th pick if those three wide receivers are off the board and both Sertain and Horn are gone as well. And then with the Patriots, what's going on here? So much noise about them trying to make a move up to get Justin Fields. They did spend a ton of money in the offseason in free agency filling needs. Was that partially, do you think, to give Belichick the flexibility to use his draft picks to move up if he wanted to to get a quarterback?
4: Until I see Belichick move up for a quarterback, I'm not going to believe it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. I I know there's a lot of people talking about it, and it sounds good, and it's good for TV and radio. Uh, unless one falls towards ten, you know that area. I don't think he's going to go all the way up into the top, you know. Six or eight to get one. Um, I still think they're going to end up with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll say that until I see him week one on the Niners. Um, I'll I, I just see them taking a defensive player, someone who can get after the quarterback. I feel like a quitty Pay is going to land there. Um, to your point about the Eagles and Newsom, I, I don't think it's crazy because in the mock that I'm going to, you know, we're going to put out, I have him going four picks later to Arizona. So I don't, I think that's kind of the sweet spot for him. Like. I know they love Devonta Smith and Waddle. I know they love JC Horn. Um, But if those guys go before and they're sitting there, you might be deciding between Newsom or do they go Vera Tucker, you know, add to the offensive line, which is aging. Um, You don't know how much longer Kelsey is going to play. You don't know how much longer Brandon Brooks is going to play. You don't know how much longer Lane Johnson is going to play. So, they're going to start to need to replace the, this offensive line. And I know they have a lot of first round picks coming up in the next few years. I believe they have could potentially have three next year. Um, you're going to want to start to build around whoever is going to play quarterback. If that's hurts who does come through, or if it's next year, you uh, get your guy. So um, I wouldn't rule out offensive line there, but I think if Waddle Smith or JC Horner available when the Eagles pick, I think it'll be one of those guys. Um, if not, I would probably lean Vera Tucker, um, and then with the Pats, I feel like a quitty Pay again, another potential Vera Tucker landing spot if they want to continue to add to their offensive line. The, the flexibility, the position flexibility, you know, the Pats love. I mean, every team does, but especially the Pats. So um, I just like I, like I said, until I see it, I don't I don't believe Belichick's going to make that big jump for a quarterback.
3: Nick, last order of business, you mentioned Travis Etienne as a late riser. Who are some other names you're hearing as far as going up and down the draft board? And what do you know about the medical stuff? Because there were reports from Rappaport and a couple of others that teams are really nervous. They haven't been able to get the kind of medical information that they're looking for. So it makes you wonder if players with major injury issues like Caleb Farley, who you mentioned earlier, could slide a lot more than they
4: normally would and a lot more than we were anticipating. Yes, yeah, well, Farley one is someone who could fall out, you know, into the second round. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, Etn that we spoke about before. Elijah Moore is somebody that I definitely think is going to be in the first round, the bottom of the first round. Um, another guy who's interesting is Christian Barmore, the, the interior D lineman with Alabama. If he doesn't have a team, you know, in the mid in, in the late teens, I could see him falling to day two um tyson campbell both you know the georgia cornerbacks are, are rising according to uh the nfl network they put out a few names today um another name to to watch is ronnie perkins i know he has a lot of fans in the in the scouting world i um, not sure where he would go but he's somebody to watch out for and um Javonta williams i mean the running back situation is, is going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Like if Williams is the first running back taken, would I be shocked? No. Um, if he's the third running back taken, would I be shocked? No. So I think, I think it really depends more on the team. You know, Williams could really fit in anywhere. Um, but if a team really wants one of like your traditional backs, he kind of fits that mold better than the other two. Um, so if, if he goes before, those guys I wouldn't be surprised. So he's somebody who I could see going a lot earlier than some. And then, you know, a guy like Kadarius Toney is interesting because another situation, if he's not taken early 20s, he could slide into the 40s because of the character issues. So, again, character issues in quotes because I personally don't think it's a it's a big deal at all. Um, so, you know, there's always going to be some guys up and down. And then the edge class as a whole, I would say, is, is one that you could see some guys falling out. Like Gregory Rousseau. He's not gonna I don't think he's getting picked in the first round. I don't think he's a first round player. Um Jalen Phillips could go a lot earlier than people think, like top, you know, eighteen. So you know, you always have a guy or two who makes that deep fall. Is Justin Fields gonna fall? Like I don't know. I think I think he has enough fans around the league that he won't fall out of the teens. But like Chris Sims put out of Mashdraft and he was thirty second. Like he's not gonna be picked thirty second, but if he goes, if he falls to New England at 15, would I be shocked? No. You know, so I know there's a lot of teams that have him as the fourth or fifth ranked quarterback, um, a lot more than have him number two. So if he does make a, you know, a, an Aaron rodgers like fall, I would be surprised. But, um, you know, if he makes a fall to the teens, I wouldn't be. So it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's just a wild time and, Um, So much depends again on like the medicals that you brought up. I I haven't been able to like hear of anybody outside of like Farley whose medicals were really like an alert, you know, an alarm. Um, Probably going to keep that more close to the vest as, as the draft does come, but I'm sure afterwards or during you're going to see somebody fall and you're going to be like, Oh, that's, that's the reason why player X fell. So um, I don't think we'll kind of be, you know, privy to that knowledge beforehand. So, Um, It's something that'll probably play out live. Nick
3: Spano, co-founder of U-Stadium, as always, thanks so much for coming on and sharing the intel you've been hearing. Really appreciate it. We got the big draft party coming up live on Thursday on the U-Stadium app, and then, of course, all over the place on video where you can watch on YouTube and so many other different places. Talk a little bit about that so that everybody has the details they need.
4: Yeah, it's so exciting, man. It's like you know, we obviously always do the in-person draft events in the city with players at different bars or, you know, uh, lounges or whatever it may be. And uh, with COVID still lingering, we got to keep it virtual for one more year. And, um, you know, thanks to you and the Play Like a Jet and some of our sponsors that we're working with, we're going to um, – Scott's going to be hosting it for you. Yeah, I'll pop in. Frank will pop in. Brianna will pop in. We'll have CJ Mosley – Jamison Crowder, Hunter Henry from the Pats, some other players from around the league, uh, different media people covering each specific team from around the league, kind of going through uh, each pick and giving you the uh, betting odds where you can find all that. And um, It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a place for everybody to kind of watch it together. Um, And, you know, maybe even more fun than an in-person event because we could have people from all over. You know, people can't get to New York for a live event. We get to hang and watch it from our computers so um like you mentioned it'll be live on the youtube live on our twitch uh facebook uh periscope even though i don't think that exists anymore but twitter allows you to go live with something um and of course on the app so if you have any one of those things you can join scott you can join uh luke to play like a jet guys you can join myself frank brianna uh, some of our mega fans will hop in and out. So it's going to be cool. It's going to be a ton of people, basically like a, a round table event where we'll be cycling guys in and out and kind of trying to bring coverage from every team. But obviously the Jets have the sweet spot and that's you know where we're, our focus always is. So it'll be a little Jets kind of biased, I guess you could say, but um, really just keeping it NFL draft focused. And uh, I think it's going to be really fun, kind of a first trial run for, for all of us. So I'm sure there'll be, few hiccups here and there just to be expected. But um, I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be something that really everybody, you know, from New York to California to overseas, they can all, you know, we can all watch the draft together. So I'm excited for it.
3: Debating whether or not I should wear a Mel hyper wig when I host this on Thursday. That's (laughs) (laughs) a yes. (laughs) Better than a Chris Berman wig at this point. That's for damn sure. I promise no annoying <laughs> nicknames like Chris Berman either, so you don't have to worry about that. But Aww. make sure that you download the U Stadium app if you haven't already and join us on Thursday. From 7 o'clock before the draft starts until the very end of round number one, we will be with you. We will have great guests. We will have analysis. We'll talk about each pick. We'll go into detail about what we think of, not just the picks that were made, but the picks that are coming up. So, so much to get to. It's going to be a lot of fun. Join us, you won't regret it, you'll enjoy it just like we will I'm super excited about it Anytime Nick and I get together, you know it's going to be a fun time So now (laughs) we throw a bunch of other people in and it's going to be even more fun Join us on Thursday, 7 o'clock is when it'll start And then we'll take you all the way through the first round But also, we will have a brand new episode of Play Like a Jet as well. Of course we will, because we do that every single day. And if you haven't given the show a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And if you want our Play Like a Jet draft guide put together by Luke Grant, you can get it absolutely free right now, Luke's going to tell you exactly how you can do that. Luke, tell them all about it, buddy.
2: Thanks, Scott. Yeah, I released a draft guide earlier this week, and I'm really happy with how it turned out. For 2021, we've got a lot of Jet-centric content. Starts with my top 50 big board. Some of the players I'm really high on, probably higher than the consensus, like Kendrick Green and Rondale Moore, are fairly high on that board. We then have five selections for each pick on days one and two for the Jets that I'm really high on. So we're talking picks 23, 34, 66 and 86. I give you five names and then a detailed scouting report on those players, talking pros, cons, uh, and then a player comparison as well. Seven round mock draft for the Jets, guys I would target. You'll see some some overlap there from guys I talked about throughout the, the draft guide. And it's just a whole lot of Jets content. So really happy with with how it panned out. If you're interested in reading it and supporting us, make sure you uh, subscribe to the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. You leave a five-star Apple review for Play Like a Jet, the podcast. And make sure you send me an email at lukegrantnfl at gmail.com or you follow me on Twitter and send me a DM, lukegrant7 on Twitter. Thanks very much and I can't wait for the draft.
3: I'm really excited, too, and if you want to be ready for the draft and have all the information right at your fingertips, go ahead and email Luke, contact him on Twitter, send him a screenshot of you subscribing to our channel on YouTube and giving us a five-star review on iTunes, and he will go ahead and send you the Play Like a Jet draft guide. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.
0: At Luckylandslots.com. Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW group, void were prohibited by law, 18 plus turns and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two we heard you loud and clear so go to luckylandslots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino style games for free get lucky today at luckylandslots.com available to players in the u.s excluding washington and michigan no purchase necessary vgw group void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and
1: conditions apply. it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper